Yeah, I don't know about the applause in advance. We'll see how this goes. Um, Okay, full disclosure and being completely honest. Um, Yes, George, I love Advent. I love talking about Advent. I love celebrating Advent. And I've been looking forward to doing this talk for over six months. I went to to Dan six months ago and said I'd like to to speak on this particular Sunday. Um, And I miscalculated. Um, Because I'd like to be really well prepared and have this all memorized and be able to really do a smooth job. Um, Steve, thanks for being here. Um, John, I, I appreciate Paul, all my friends being here, Matt, because this may not be too smooth. Um, last night, we celebrated my son and his wife, Yuvika's wedding. So, <clears throat> um, Matt asked me a few minutes ago, um, so did you serve the really good wine last? Um, part of the reason this might be a little choppy is that I have no idea what wine we were serving by the end of the evening. <laughs> but... I'm going to jump into this. Um, You guys all know me as the guy that likes to tell stories, uh, and I do love to tell those stories. But this morning, I'm going to try and do a sermon, and I'm going to use some scripture references and all that stuff. But a caveat, um, I really resent all those numbers and chapter headings in these beautiful poems and letters and stories that are in the scriptures. So I ain't giving them to you. (laughs) Most of you, I think, are going to know where they're from. If you don't and you really want to know what those references are, see me after the service and I'll tell you what they are. But we're going to jump in here. um, And I'm going to give this a shot. We'll see how it goes. I really do love Christmas. Uh, I love everything about the Christmas season. I look forward to it um, pretty much all year long. I love um, buying presents and wrapping them and giving them. Um, You know, when I give people presents, I really look forward to them unwrapping those presents. I love going up in the mountains and tracking down a wild Christmas tree, a real Christmas tree, not one of those ones you get at Costco out of the, out of the container. Um, I love everything about Christmas. I love the food. Uh, you'll notice uh, in the next couple of weeks, Jan's Rice Krispie Treats that'll be out there, they'll turn green, and they'll have a little bit of decoration on them. This is a magical time of year because the Breston's beer fridge automatically or magically is filled with Christmas ale. (laughs) And when you're at the Breston's, in case you're curious, you go through the kitchen, there's a door to the garage, and the beer fridge is to the right. (laughs) And John is totally cool with it. You just walk right in and anyway. um, There's so much about Christmas that I like. I love all the Christmas movies. Um, the uh, a Miracle on 34th Street, The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Um, 
uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. I love all of it. I love the Christmas Chronicles. Okay, who here knows what I'm talking about when I say the jailhouse scene, Christmas Chronicles? Jailhouse scene. I'm sorry, I only see a few people putting their hands up. Okay. Uh, no, it's not about Paul. Trust me, it's not about Paul. Um, so th those of you that don't know the jailhouse scene, here's my first set of instructions for this, this talk. Um, as soon as you get home, Google it. Uh, go to YouTube, Google jailhouse scene, the Christmas Chronicles. It's great fun. It is really fun. Um, you know, I, I just, everything about Christmas is fun. I like it. I like all the music. When Pentatonix hits that high note, when they say, you kiss the face of God, it gets me every time. So there's really not anything about Christmas that, that I don't like. And for all of you Grinches out there that say it doesn't start until after Thanksgiving, get over it. <laughs> Um, I think I got a picture. Uh, can you pop up that first slide? Christmas started this year on the 22nd of July when this appeared in Costco. And I think Costco's got the right idea. We stretch Christmas out as long as we possibly can. There's no reason to have it be short. And quit being fussy about is it Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas. Just enjoy it. Christmas, this season, is a time when, you know, for a while, we just pretend that all the crappy stuff in the world isn't happening. We enjoy each other. We get together. Um, people are just nicer. They say hi to you in the store. Um, they're friendlier. It's a wonderful time of year. So, I, you know, I know, I know ag agnostics and atheists and Muslims. Um, I even know some Presbyterians and, and Baptists that really get into Christmas. <laughs> because for a few weeks, four or five weeks a year, we just really enjoy life and we enjoy each other um, we kind of pretend that Ukrainians aren't still shooting at Russians and terrorists aren't marching through villages in Israel. We pretend that people don't have cancer and that relationships aren't broken. We kind of ignore all of the crummy stuff that's going on in the world and that we have to live through. So there's a lot of really fun, warm, wishful thinking that surrounds Christmas. But, as, as Dan said, I really look forward to something in addition to Christmas each year. What I look forward to is the season of Advent. And that's because as Christians, 
we get to do something that the rest of the world doesn't get to do. Everybody can participate and enjoy the fun of the Christmas season and the wishful thinking and the warm fuzziness of Christmas. But following Christ doesn't have anything to do with ignoring reality. It's all about knowing exactly how the world works. Being a Christian means that we get to have a hope that we're not ignoring the fact that there are broken relationships out there or that people are sick or that my mom has dementia. I know all that stuff's there, but I have a hope and a joy that reaches through all of that. It's the hope that, that Peter was talking about when he, when he said, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope. hope. The hope of Advent, our hope, the hope that, that Peter was talking about, isn't wishful thinking. It's a different kind of hope. Now, language has evolved over time, and words kind of lose their meanings Actually, I take that back. They don't lose their meanings. Their meanings change. But I want you to know what that hope is, and I want to give a little illustration of what the hope that, that Peter was talking about. Um, I'm going to give you a little reference here from John in a moment. They both refer to hope, and it's not about wishing something would happen in the future. It's about something else. So here's my illustration. There's two women, Sue and Sally. Sue and Sally could be twins. They are so similar. They have exactly the same skill sets, exactly the same experience. They're the same age. They even kind of look alike. They're not twins, but they even kind of look alike. And they both get hired for a job in a factory. They're doing exactly the same job. You know, the things come down the conveyor belt. Each of them puts the parts on that they're going to put on, connects the wires they're going to put on, and they go on. They're doing exactly the same job. They, they each have two kids, a boy and a girl. They are really similar in almost every respect, except for one difference. Sally is getting paid, has been told, she just got hired, they just got hired for this job. They've been told it's one month of work and she'll be paid $2,000. And she took the job because she needed the $2,000. Sue, on the other hand, has also been hired at exactly the same time. They started the same day. Um, they're going to work the same month. She's going to get paid $2 million. After about two weeks, they're sitting in the lunchroom, and Sally says, oh, 
this job. I hate it. It's so boring. I can't wait for the month to be over. And Sue says, are you kidding? I love this job. I am so excited about this job. And you're right, I can't wait for the month to be over either. So what's the difference? The difference is really clear. They both have a hope for what's going to happen at the end of that month. They both have an expectation. They expect something to happen. Sue's hope is what Peter's talking about. It's not wishful thinking. She's still got to do that boring job. She's still got to put the little doohickeys in the little holes and connect the wires. Um, but she knows that at the end of that month, she's going to be able to provide for her family for the rest of her life. She has hope for the future. And Advent is about that kind of certainty. It's what we have as followers of Christ. We have hope. We have expectation. Not, gosh, I hope it'll happen. Maybe if I, if I could just win a lottery ticket. No, we have knowledge. We have certainty. We know what the future is going to bring. And it's going to bring his return. Advent is about looking back to when heaven broke into our world, to when the infinite became finite and was born as a baby, and then looking forward to his return when he completes his redemption of our world. This is the hope that Peter was talking about. In one of his letters, you want to bring that next one up, Steve? One of his letters, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the hope that John had when he was sitting on an island called Patmos and he wrote a really confusing book. 
But there's a part of that book, there's a line in that where he is very clear and there's no confusion. He says, I heard in a loud voice coming from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat upon the throne said, Listen really closely. He said, Behold, I make all things new. All the broken stuff goes away. It all gets fixed. Creation becomes what it's supposed to be. I do get really excited about Advent. It is, for me, really fun. I gotta show you something. I have this watch that I got 39 years ago on December 22nd, 1984. And on the back it says, for my husband. Pexa gave me this watch on our wedding night. And I found it in the drawer a couple of weeks ago, and I pulled it out. Um, and I haven't worn a watch for a long time. I mean, I'm like the rest of you. I have a phone. It'll tell me what time it is. It'll tell me what time it is in any time zone in the world. But I pulled out the watch, and when I pulled it out and I read that on the back, I remembered what she looked like when she came down the aisle in that church. And I got to tell you, she was gorgeous. She's still pretty hot, but. <clears throat> yeah, let's have a round of applause. <laughs> but <laughs> she was, that whole night was great. All of our friends out in the church, um, the reception afterwards, um, it was a magical evening. And then, as I sat there holding the watch, I thought about all of the adventures we've had since that day. You know, the trips we've been on, four children, eight and a half grandchildren. One of them is under construction over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of the ways we've been blessed. And then I thought, and we're not done. We have more adventures ahead of us. Uh, we'll get to nine grandchildren. Um, maybe more. There's so much ahead of us. So, Advent is a season when as we as a church, we get to take 
our watch out of the drawer and remember and look forward. So eat that Christmas fudge and watch the Christmas movies. You do need to look up that jailhouse scene. Um, but get Advent out of the drawer and put it on and remember and look forward. Advent's a word that it comes from the Latin adventus. And it means to look forward. And the history of, of the Advent part of the church calendar, because it's, it's actually the first season in the church calendar. So I guess next Sunday is New Year's for us. Um, it, it first started being celebrated just a few hundred years after, um, after Christ's resurrection. And initially, it was just about looking forward to his return. It was just about looking forward to his second coming. But then in the Middle, middle Ages, it morphed a little bit. Um, and, and the Germans actually started building some traditions around it that we now carry on today. Um, and... And to be honest, I don't know which Germans if it was, if it was the pro Protestant ones or the Catholic ones or the Huguenot ones. Evan can tell you which ones it was. But a group of them started doing Advent wreaths. And the Advent wreath was when they started to both look back to when this all began, to when redemption began at Christ's birth, and to look forward to his second coming, to his return when he'll complete all of that. And they came up with the idea of using some candles. So there are five candles in an advent wreath. There are three purple ones, a pink one, and a white one. The white one is in the center. That's the Christ's candle. You light that one on, on Christmas Day. Then, to be honest, I should be able to remember the order of the other candles for you. I just know in there someplace, in the purple ones, there's a pink candle. You're supposed to light that one one week. You light the purple candles the other weeks. But it is a really simple and easy way to set aside a season, to have an Advent wreath, to light the candles. So here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to take some notes. I want you to go get an advent wreath. And I want you to get the five candles. And if you can't find purple candles and pink, just get five candles. I don't care what color they are. So that's the first thing I want you to do. And the next thing I want you to do is I want you to get this little devotional that Dan has been talking about that we're going to work through as a church through the Advent season. It's 10 bucks on Amazon. I'll tell you what, I'll wait, get your phone out, <laughs> log into Amazon. Uh, I'm waiting. Um, log into Amazon, order it. Um, it'll be here by Wednesday. 
If you're prime, it'll be here by Tuesday. Um, get that little book, because we're going to work through it throughout the Advent season. It's only 10 bucks. I mean, it's the price of two pumpkin spice lattes. And just give up two. And if you have trouble doing that, we'll have a pumpkin spice latte support group or something. So anyway, um, that's the second thing I want you to do. The third thing's a little harder. For each day of Advent, starting next Sunday through the 25th of December, I want you to set aside 10 minutes in your day. Just 10 minutes to celebrate the hope we have. The knowledge we have of what the future is going to bring. And remember, that knowledge isn't a bunch of warm, fuzzy thinking. It's realistic. But it is real hope that we know it will be made right when Christ returns again, when he completes his redemption. So set aside that 10 minutes. So it's really simple. Each day, you light a candle. And I know that that might seem like, well, why are we bothering to do this every day? Why do we light the candle? Just light the candle. The nice part about lighting that candle is, first of all, if you're like me, you're going to have to find the, the matches someplace to do it. It'll cause you to pause and intentionally set aside some time. And there's something magical about candles, candle flames. So the first thing is, light the candle. The second thing is, Pop out this little guide, open it up to that particular day, and read the little story, the little explanation of an aspect of who Jesus is. Then say a prayer. Just thank God for the joy we have a joy that doesn't ignore the problems, fully recognizes what's going on in our world, but can see that it is being redeemed and it will be fixed. Really simple. Light a candle. Read some scripture. Read a few words explaining it. Say a prayer. 10 minutes, to be honest. In my family, Pexa and I, sometimes it's only five minutes. But we set aside that time. Now, to be honest, I'd like to tell you that I'm totally committed to this, and I'm a, um, a spiritual giant. Every day we get our 10 minutes and we work through it. Um, but Pexa is here this morning, so I won't get away with that. Um, spiritual giant, no. Spiritual midget, maybe. Um, but... For at least the season of Advent, let's really make it a goal to set aside that time. Just for 25 days. You don't have to do it for the rest of your life or for all year long. Just for 25 days, set aside that 10 minutes. 
And I think you'll find that something special happens. You know, sometimes we miss a day. Life gets busy. You know, we all have jobs, we have kids, we have families. There's the crisis of the day. There are things that get in the way. So, you know, if you miss a day, don't sweat it. Um, I, I would like to say we won't miss any days this year. I'm going to try that we don't miss any days. But, you know, the reality is life gets in the way. So if you miss a day, no sweat. If you miss two days, eh, not a big problem. If you miss three days, I want you to stop and think about it and reset your priorities. Um, I have the advantage that I'm not one of the pastors here, so I can just be obnoxious. <laughs> and I'm being obnoxious. Set aside that 10 minutes. Celebrate all that's going to be. Remember. Don't let it just blow by. If you do that, I think you're going to find that somehow the Spirit will step into your lives. And your Christmas season will be even better. There might even be more fudge. <laughs> but I just, I don't... I don't know how to emphasize this to you enough. What I really hope for all of you, Mike, for you and your family, John 3, for you and yours, Julie, your house, Megan, Scott, what I, what I hope for all of you, for you, Paul, I hope that all of you let the Spirit declare to you during Advent Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them. Stop for a minute. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away, and he who sat upon the throne said, He said, Behold, I make all things new.